want apple juice. Lucas wants apple juice. I know, I heard him can say I that. Can I have apple juice? Yeah, you can have apple juice. Can I have soda? Yes, you can have soda. Can I press that button? No, you can't press that button. Why? Because that's going to play the theme song. I'm not ready to Click. start the pot. up guys james gutman here on ipod i'm dad thank you once again for finding me wherever you found me maybe you found me on ipod on dad.com maybe you found me uh, on spotify on uh, stitch switch whatever it's called uh, any of those accounts that happen to cast pods if i'm on it and you're hearing me thank you do me a favor give a like give a subscribe give a thumbs up uh give an okay symbol give an apple give a hoot do something Whatever it happens to be that you're supposed to do, do it. Do it for the podcast. I would appreciate it. Also, if you are near Amazon.com, head over there and pick up the Expectant Father's Activity book. If you've already picked it up, give a review. Uh, Tons of stuff you could do to show support. Thank you. I want to thank you guys for all the support through the years uh, and for the support today. So I appreciate it. And I'm glad once again to be here doing this podcast. I kind of cut it close this time around, getting used to the new schedule getting used to figuring out what days uh, I have the kids. I have the kids uh, half the week, exactly, right down the middle half the week. So the kids are here. They've been here. We've been doing a lot of dad-centric stuff. As you guys know, I've talked about it briefly. I'm not going too into detail, but as of right now, being completely open about it, I'm going through a divorce, uh, final stages of this, uh, this process, if you will. Don't want to say anything too negative. That's not really my thing. And that's one of the reasons why I was so apprehensive for a while to even talk about getting a divorce because I'm not I'm not here to talk about specifics. I'm not here to bad mouth or say bad things. I'm here to look at the big picture and figure out what I've learned from things and where I'm going from things. And that's always been my my goal, trying to find lessons in different situations that you go through in life. So that's my point of doing this. So right now I have my kids. My kids are here. They're in the house. It has been fantastic. Uh, it is also though altering my schedule quite a bit, trying to figure out uh, what I can do when, trying to fit a lot of good stuff in with these guys, whether it's life lessons that I've wanted to teach them for a while. I have my daughter earning money through doing chores to get the things that she wants. That's something that I'm very excited to to do. And she's excited to do as well, which is kind of weird. You know, when you have when you have a kid, I think so often we assume that they're going to have a negative reaction to good things, that when they do the good things, it's almost surprising. But I think at the end of the day, I think kids like to earn money. Kids like to do things. I even told her, I said, you know, you're going to have to do some chores and you can earn money for whatever. I forget what she wanted. And she was like, well, can I do more than just that? And I'm like, what do you mean? And I gave her like one chore. And she's like, can I do another? I'm like, yeah, you can do a lot of stuff. She was, I want to do as much as possible. I want to earn as much as possible because I have things I want to buy. And I was like, yes, that's the point. That's what I want. So we're doing that. Lucas is, I mean, making strides. I can't even begin to tell you some of the things that we've been working on with him. So it's been great all around. It's been exciting. It's definitely, though, been uh, an adjustment period, learning experience, all those things you want to put to it. Trying to wrap my head around Uh, a lot of the things that need to be done. Today I went out and I bought, you know, a garbage pail and toothpaste. And I'm starting to now that I've been here for a little while, for a few weeks, figuring out what is missing, what you need, these things that we don't have, you know, 
We set the table. Olivia's like, do we have placemats? I'm like, oh no, I do not have placemats. In the very beginning, I didn't have like napkins. Forgot about napkins. You know, I had I had a butter dish because you you go you go about buying things for your place, and in your head, you kind of like something jumps in front of you, and you're like, oh yeah, I need that. I need pillowcases. Yeah, and then you realize, oh wait a minute, I need freaking pillows. You know, and now you have cases. You don't have pillows. I had my kids. I I'm a pillow addict. I have a lot of pillows, or I should say, I had a lot of pillows. Back in the day on my bed, I had, you know, like nine or 10 pillows. Came here, forgot that the kids needed pillows. I got them the beds, put the beds together, all that stuff. Gave them my pillows. And still that wasn't enough. Olivia's like, I only have two pillows. And I was like, I only have three pillows. And she was, well, I like to have four pillows. I said, okay. She was, give me two pillows. I go, no, I'll have one pillow. She goes, so? I go, so I'm the dad. That's what's so, you know what I mean? Like you get to that. Oh, I've never been so defensive about pillows in my life, but you know, I went out, I bought pillows, (laughs) things like that. So you started to pick them up. So it's definitely been a experience trying to figure out how to stock up a house. I'm also learning too, that I had so much crap before that I couldn't even use. I had really access prior to this to one room, really one, maybe a room and a half of things that were mine to work on, Right. And I had so much stuff that I can't even fit it all in the house. I have sound bars. I'm like, why do I have all these sound bars? I'm not using them anywhere. I can't even figure out what to do with them. I have, I'm like, well, I could do Bluetooth on the TV, but that's a pain in the butt. Then you got to turn it on every time, all this stuff. So you just end up with all this extra stuff. So I'm, I'm definitely um, learning about life and home management. This has been a big week for the, for the blog. It's been pretty honest. I've, I try to be honest this week and I've been trying, I've always been honest. I should say I've always been kind of, um, I've never lied in any of my blogs. I've always told the truth, every story, which is weird because there's certain stories that I tell anecdotally trying to talk about a a bigger picture idea. And it would be easy to make a story up. You know, one time I knew this guy named Tim and Tim jumped off of a plane and then the plane fell. I mean, whatever, you know, I'm not really good on the cuff, but I could make it up. I could just go, but they're, they're all real. They're all true. Every story I tell you, the only thing that I do change every once in a while is a name or a circumstance in which I knew somebody. Maybe it's something that somebody in high school did, but I say, I used to work with a guy or it's somebody in college and I go, I used to have a neighbor. You know, I, I mix it up a little bit. Or I talk in the, the generalized sense. You know, a family member. A grown-up who was around when I was a kid. I say stuff like that. But for the most part, they're all, they're all honest. They're all true. And they're all real things that really happened to me. I don't say things happened to me unless they did. What I meant by open and honest this week was that I, I talked about things I haven't talked about before. Things I didn't think I was going to talk about things that I'm sure going forward and, and things evolve, I'll, I'll probably talk about more. But I talked this week about what led up to my heart attack, which I hadn't ever spoken about. And that was uh, an argument. I was on, on the phone arguing with members of my family. And it was insanity. And it was the same insanity that I had grown up around dealing with. People who just want to argue for the sake of arguing. Arguments that make no sense. I'm a big making sense of arguments type of guy. And it really gets under my skin when people don't do that. 
Because to me, an argument is done for one reason. It's done because you have an opinion and I have an opinion. The two of us get together and we discuss it in a way that the other one can understand that person's point of view. I say A, you say B. I'm going to explain to you why A is right. You're going to explain to me why B is right. I will hopefully get you to see why I like A. I want you to show me why you like B because I can't fathom it. Why? What is that? What is your point of view? Let me know. And every time that happens, if you change my mind, I'll tell you. I'll say, you know what? I didn't like B, but I hadn't really thought about it. I just thought that people were just like jerks. You know, They were just like letter snobs. But you explained B to me and I get it. I get what you're saying. Sometimes I tell people, I go, look, I get what you're saying now and I appreciate it. I understand it. I'm not really on board, but thank you. I don't just argue to argue. What a waste of life that is to just argue to argue. Why? I don't just yell at you. I don't care. I'm not going to bully you into my opinion. I don't care if you accept my opinion. I don't care if you like what I like. I don't care what you eat. I've had people do that. I don't eat meat because of my heart. And I'll tell people, I'll go, I go, yeah, I'm like a, you know, I'm like a pescatarian. Like I eat fish, um, but I don't, I don't eat any meat. I, I barely eat any dairy. And they'll look at me and they'll be like, well, I love steak and I'm not going to quit steak. And I go, who the hell cares if you quit steak? Like, I don't care. What do I care what you eat? Why would I care? And then they, they look, okay, I didn't, I didn't know. I thought you were going to tell me like, why, who cares? I get annoyed. I get angry. Like, I'm just telling you what I do. I'm not, I don't care what you do. And I'm one of those people, man. I don't care if you, if you join me. I like the teams I like, you know? It's like Mets and Yankees. I like the Yankees. You don't need to like the Yankees. I just like them. Now, when it comes to an argument, though, when it comes to, I don't even want to use the word argument, disagreement, debate. Maybe it's because I have a history in debate. I feel like my goal is to get you to see my side. I think politics is like that. If you are conservative and someone else is a liberal, don't you want to know why they're liberal? Don't listen to the TV shows telling you why they're liberal. Oh, they're liberal because they like free stuff and they want children to wear dresses. Like it's always like some extreme thing that's not true. And then you make the assumption in your head, well, that's why liberals exist. Liberals exist because they want to take away guns. And then the liberals, you ask them, you go, why do conservatives? Well, the conservatives exist because they're racist. And in reality, neither one of those things is 100% true. You need to talk to the other side, listen to them, see what they have to say and figure it out. And I have friends who are hardcore liberal. After the Trump election, wouldn't talk to anybody. Didn't want to have to be friends with anybody who voted for Trump. And I have friends who, who shoot off assault rifles and put it on Facebook. I have friends across the spectrum. And I want to know why they believe the things they do. And the ones I agree with, I agree with. But I, I refuse to believe that people are just, you know, all or, or nothing of something, you know? Oh, they're just evil. That's silly. So I got to get off on a tangent. But in reality, I don't argue without a purpose. And I grew up having to argue without purpose a lot. Circles, just arguing in circles for hours. Phone calls, right? Hang up, dizzy and confused about what was even discussed. Just a real mental, I don't know, beat down, you know? And trust me, man, I've been beaten down my whole life in every sense of the word. 
So I've been through a lot and I've dealt with a lot. And I never thought I would tell the story about, and I really still didn't technically tell the full story, but I never thought I would admit that prior to my heart surgery, I had been arguing with members of my family on my phone. And the reason why I never did that was I had stopped talking to everybody, pretty much all of them, just gone. Uh, and it began with, with certain people and it kind of started to stretch out to other people in the family. And one of the last times I spoke to one of them, this person had told me, never write about me, pretend like I'm dead, and then hung up. And I haven't spoken to that person since. And I never have written about that person directly. Not because I'm worried about anything, because in reality, I could write a lot about that person. A lot of real things, a lot of stuff that's indisputable, a lot of stuff that I could back up, stuff like that. So I'm not concerned about like, oh, it would really get me in trouble. I don't get me in trouble at all. I don't write about that person because that person doesn't deserve to be written about. That person doesn't deserve to be remembered and that person is not a part of my story. That person is part of my, my old story, my origin story, I guess you could say. That person is somebody who created a mentality for me that allowed me to, to grow and make choices and make decisions and go in different paths in my life that maybe weren't the most beneficial for me. Things that were always around me. Problems that I had, issues that I had that were so big that they were invisible. It's like when you stand so close to like a painting, like there's a beautiful painting of a, of a landscape, but you stand with your face pressed up against that painting so close that you can't see anything. You just see darkness. That's what I did. I've been living like that for like 40 years, just seeing darkness, not getting it. And I get it now. And I've been getting it slowly for years. I wrote about this in the blog too. Like I made these changes in 2012. I, I came out of my heart surgery ready to change who I was as a person. And I did, but it was a process. And to anybody who's going through that, know this. You get there and you evolve and you evolve and you evolve. It's not an overnight trip. I came out of that surgery and I cut certain people out of my life. And I cut certain things out of my life. And my life didn't change overnight. It took a while for my mentality to change, for me to get the courage to do this podcast, for me to get the courage to do this blog, for me to get the courage to let people know who I was, to know that I'm allowed to be this person. I don't have to be afraid of people. I was, I was raised around a lot of grownups who were afraid. They were afraid of people. They were afraid of, of cultures. They were afraid of differences, right? And um, I don't want to be afraid and I'm not afraid. And the irony was that for years, I was afraid of showing that I wasn't afraid. You had to be who you were. You had to fit in. You had to be a part of the group. But I always knew I wasn't part of that group. I felt it. And I wrote about it on on Monday. I wrote about it openly about the argument before the surgery and about the things that people said to me. 
that were awful. And I've had people say awful things to me. And what's funny is I wrote about three of them. But those three were really just the tip of the iceberg. I mean, I've been, I've been told a lot of messed up things. I've been through a lot of messed up things in my life. Things that I think would shock people. Because people read about my interactions with my kids. They read about how I am with my daughter and they read about how I am with my son. And I've had people look at me and say to me, you know, you do these things because, you know, you were brought up right. You hear stuff like that a lot because the assumption is that you follow what you were. There's a cycle of abuse. And then there's people who are good because they were brought up in a good way. But there are people who are the complete opposite. I know people who are brought up fantastic who are the worst parents, the worst. And I know people very close to me who maybe were brought up in in abusive situations, who grew up and told themselves, I'm never going to do that to my kids. Who told themselves, you don't have to live in a home where you have a knot in your stomach every day. You don't have to live in a home where your kids don't feel secure or loved. You don't have to go through that. You can live every day happy. And those people are the ones who go on to not only break the cycle, but create a new cycle and become a new person. And on Wednesday, I wrote about three things that were said to me. And I called it the words that kept me content with being unhappy. Because that was the problem was I was never happy. I was content. And I was content with being unhappy. I was okay with it. I talked about my therapist on here. I don't really go too in depth about my therapy, but I had one of the the podcasts I did about a year ago when I first started going to therapy, which blew my mind. Therapy is fantastic. This dude, no vested interest, does not care who I talk to, what I do, anything that happens to me when I leave. I just go in there. I just regurgitate my life. He listens. He makes observations about my mannerisms, about the words I use, about how I how I say certain things. It's beneficial. I like it. I like having somebody to talk to where I don't have to worry about how he feels about anything. I don't care. I don't know anything about him. I think he's got kids. Barely. I don't know. But it's good. It's helpful. But I remember my therapist had asked me about a year ago if I was happy. Do you you deserve to be happy? He asked me. "Do Do you think you deserve to be happy? And it took me like minutes to work my way around an answer on that. I'm like, well, you know, I want my kids to be happy. And by the way, if I, hey, I'm simple, right? If my kids are happy, then I'm happy. And I think my kids are happy. And that's my goal, right? My goal is to have happy kids. I'm a dad, right? And dads make kids happy. You want to make your kids. And he's looking at me and he's just like nodding and nodding. And they get to the end and he's like, it was really like a simple question. I just asked if you deserve to be happy. And you gave me this long, rambling, roundabout thing. And I was content to be unhappy. And I wrote about three kind of, you know, painful things. And they weren't even, again, not even the most painful things from different people in my life. The first one was after my first book had come out. When I say after my first book had come out, I mean, it had just come out. Like, like it was like a week old. And um, I heard, there's a whole roundabout. Nobody, this one doesn't, nah. it wasn't that somebody came up to me and said it to my face. It was said, That someone else said it. I went back to that person and that person admitted they said it. That I would never make enough money to feed my family through writing, I was told. Um, And this is after the book had been published by a publisher. I didn't, 
you know, I don't, I didn't buy a publishing rights. I, I was published by ECW Press. It was their highest selling debut of a wrestling title ever. And I was told that if it wasn't the highest selling debut ever of any book they've ever done in 25 years, it was right up there. It's one of the, the highest selling debuts they had. It was number one in wrestling on Amazon. It was a best selling book. Did amazing. It was number one for months. Never feed my family with that money. Today, I feed my family. I write. I do this, and I contribute, and I'm proud of the work I do. But those words stuck with me, and those words live with me. I was told by another family member, said, you know, you're not going to like this, James. I'm just going to say it to you. I'm just going to say it. I'm just going to say it. You're not as good of a person as you think you are. And I went, at this point now, and here's what's funny about this. People read this line. They're like, what the hell? People were when I wrote this in the blog. What you don't get is, with this particular person, I had been through so much that I was numb at this point. I was like, okay. <laughs> like, got it. That's cool. Yeah. And the third one was, you know, it's an old, an old standby, I think, that people have about being blamed for your child's autism. My son is nonverbal, has autism. Uh, and I've been told, you know, that it was my fault, that... He doesn't talk because of me. I had one person say, I didn't think that was a, I didn't think that was a question. That's a fun one. Uh, and it's shocking people too. It's the kind of thing where if you sat down and, and you know, I told you who said all these different things, you'd be like, what the? People wouldn't believe it. But I don't do that. I'm not here to, to bring people word by word, you know, against the audience as a, as a testament to their crimes. I'm not here to, to persecute or any of that. I'm here to, Simply tell my story and what I learned from it. And what I learned from this story was that words like these kept me unhappy. And it kept me okay with being unhappy. And that was a mistake. And now, you know, 43 years old, getting divorced, living on my own, happy to be living on my own. Kills me to not have my kids all week, but I'm happy to be on my own. Love it. Um, I'm betting on myself. And I'm not allowing those words to fester and live inside of me anymore. It's not easy. We do what we got to do. Uh, so I wrote about that on Monday. And it felt good. It felt freeing. And it felt like I reached people with it. And I was glad I did. And it meant a lot to me to get it out. So hopefully I'll be able, moving forward, give you guys as, as open of a, of a dialogue as I possibly can. I have a lot of things to say. I've had a lot of stories in my life. And I don't know makes me feel good to be able to share them. So yeah, thank you for that. On Wednesday, I had to clear the air because I kind of felt like, whew, it was kind of heavy on Monday. So on Wednesday, I wrote about like, I don't know, the school closing for snow. We had closed, school had closed for snow here. Long Island kind of closed for snow. And I just kind of talked about the the contrast it had to when I was a kid. Freezy freakies, I miss those gloves. I I talked about that on Wednesday. But yeah, I mean, overall... It was a very freeing week, and it felt good. And as with everything I've been doing for the last few years, it felt best of all to be able to share that with you guys. So thank you. I want to thank you for listening. I want to thank you for being there, and I want to thank you every week for checking me out here on the on the podcast and every Monday and Wednesday on the blog. It means more to me than, I don't know, than I think... You, you guys even realize, I think if people knew my full story, they'd realize kind of how much it really does mean to me. I've, I've, I don't know. 
I've had a rough go with things. I've had a lot of people um, who haven't had my best interest at heart. And those are the people that I've had, you know, around me on and off throughout my life. So getting to do this is unbelievable for me. And getting to hear from you guys and getting the, the positive feedback and just the feedback in general, just, uh, I never realized how much I needed it until I got it. So thank you. I appreciate it. I appreciate it so much. That does it for me. I'm just going to end it here, guys. Until next time, this is James Gutman saying be well. Bye, pod. I'm dead. <laughs>